You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brent McCoy. Hey, guys. Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. John Hammer. Yo, what's up? Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. Tony Rochette. Hey, everybody. And special guest, Gary Sexton. How's everybody doing? Hey, welcome. Well, thanks for coming, Gary. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's get started, learn a bit, little bit about you. And uh, so t- tell us... Uh, what brought you to iRacing, and how did you first hear about it? Sure. So, man, back in, I'd say around 2000-ish, I think I was in, like, seventh grade, I started playing uh, NASCAR racing, like, 2001 season, I think it was called. I had, like, truck series on it and whatnot, and I followed the NASCAR racing series for a while, and then I went to college after I graduated high school, kind of got out of sim racing, and I've always been a longtime NASCAR fan. And knew about iRacing, just never really, just never really jumped ship and got on here. And then uh, about two years ago, 2016, I built myself a computer, and the first thing I did was uh, join iRacing. It kind of told my wife, "Hey, I'm going to build a computer for for my business." Uh, you know, secretly knowing I was going to get on iRacing. So that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> well, nice. Uh, well, very good. Uh... And uh, tell us, how, you know, how often are you racing right now, and what series do you normally run? Yeah, right now I race um, about as much as I can. I try to get on every day. Uh, I, fortunately, I, I run my own business out of my house, so if I need to take a break, I'll jump on and race. Um, I generally stick to one series in official um, that I know I can commit to. Uh, this season, I'm going to be I'm running a lot of A-fixed. I think I'm sitting like second in Division Two points. Um, I do jump in C fix if I feel like torturing myself with Rex. Um, and I've ran one NIS race this year, um, at Kansas and Mike, I think you were in the race with me and I won it. So I'm one for one NIS. I probably won't run another one just to keep it that way. <laughs> Man, you come in there and make us all look bad like that. That was something. Yeah, it was a crazy race. It was a, a weird tire call at the end that kind of, had everybody wreck and I squeezed by. So, well, see, that's the experience of being a NASCAR fan and just long term, you knew what to do with the tire strategy, right? I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. Usually, those tire strategies and fuel strategies don't go in my favor, but it did that time. So, we'll, I think we'll, we'll call our NIS career uh, over for this season. Maybe I'll jump in next year and run a full season of that. And then I also do uh, a bunch of league racing. Um, that's really what I mainly do on iRacing is, uh, is league stuff. So, well, let's talk about that. I mean, are you part of a team and what about your league? Yeah. So we'll talk about my team first. Uh, I'm on cross continent racing, uh, CCR. There's, uh, about seven of us, uh, Will Davis, Joe Johnson, Blake Griffith, Alan Elwood, Ryan Hill, and, uh, Ethan Moore and Ellery Queen. Um, we mainly participate in the, we, we, it was the simulation stock car association, which is a league that I started. Um, well, I kind of took it over. It was Domino's 
TYJ Racing League. I took it over, changed it to the Simulation Stock Car Association. Um, and now we're merging that league with the Championship Esports Association, which is run by Kyle Barnes. Um, and we've added a few other guys uh, to our team, uh, notably uh, Francisco Scaramuza and James Pike from LSR TV. They're coming on board and we're forming what's called the Podium Esports Association, um, where we're kind of turn our focus away from so much the traditional uh, aspect of, of race of, you know, sim racing and NASCAR and whatnot and kind of nudge it towards an esports um, approach because it's really popular right now and, and no one's really doing it the right way in sim racing yet. And, and we're going to try to do that. So that's, that's what's going on um, in the, you know, if I can talk about it a little bit more, uh, I, I will, but in, in short form, yes, that's, that's kind of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys made a big splash on social media uh, last uh, couple weeks with this. Uh, a lot of people saw it and got people talking. Uh, at at first, you know, it was like it, it's a neat marketing strategy you were doing. I, nobody really knew what exactly is this, and you know, it is a league at the end of the day. Um, but uh, your website is podiumesports.com, and uh, people can go there to get more information. And uh, my takeaway after seeing what people uh, are commenting about about this and, and what the information that you presented is, uh, you got a, a serious list of rules that go with this league. Uh, now tell us a little bit more about that and why it is this different uh, and, and why does this take us closer to esports than a traditional league does? Sure. So with our rules, well, one thing we've learned um, myself from running the league and Kyle and uh, James Krahula, one of our other partners, you know, you have to lay everything out uh, in black and white before you even get going, before you announce anything and start anything. Because if your rules are lax or you don't really have a lot of rules, there's a lot of guys on the service that will take advantage of that and and or just have a ton of questions. And then you realize, oh, you know, you get to a situation in a race that something happens and then all of a sudden you're having to make up a rule halfway through the season. So we just took all our experience laid out. We have a very extensive rule book. It's probably uh, four or five pages. I think it might even be more than that. Um, Kyle, our competition director, he's the one who uh, wrote the rule book. How are we moving it more towards esports? So a lot of what we're doing now um I, I believe we're going to be the first ones on iRacing to do all our broadcasts through Twitch. Um, we are creating our own uh, esports network, basically. Um, my real life experience is um, I, I went to film school uh, for college. And once I got out of there, I started working in advertising and uh, video production and motion graphics and things like that. So we're really going to focus on um, enhancing the production value of what we do by uh, by leveraging my skill set and Cisco's skill set from LSR TV, he was one of the head uh, producers on LSR TV. Uh, if you're familiar with them producing, you know the overlays and things like that. But we're going to bring all that over to Twitch and really engage our fan base and uh, really focus on giving our our race broadcasts an esports look and feel, something like you might see with. Uh, a Call of Duty tournament or a uh, Rocket League tournament or things like that. And uh, really also focusing on uh, our drivers and getting them on Twitch and getting them, uh, you know, broadcast broadcasting themselves and helping them self-promote themselves is really what our focus is um, and trying to, you know, 
with iRacing, there's a lot of leagues. There's a lot of different places that you can go and race, which is great, but it it is kind of saturated. Um, so we want to try to do something completely different and, uh, you know, really, really just have a place for people to, to showcase themselves, um, you know, through a different platform and, and with, uh, you know, a, a very thorough set of rules and, and, and regulations and things that, you know, not, a, not a lot of other leagues are doing. So that's kind of where we're at. Cool. Yeah. That's uh, very unique. I thought, um, I, that's how it came across as I've seen your information. I mean, it's a great looking website. I mean, it certainly sounds intriguing. looks like it starts here towards the end of November and, uh, goes the schedule, you know, goes through July, it looks like, and, uh, tell people how to sign up if they're interested or get more information. Sure. So to start off, we're going to be having a, uh, an elite series, which is actually our cup series, um, and then a truck series. And both of those series, depending on the amount of signups, we, we get 60 is the cutoff number. They will split into two divisions. There'll be a gold division and a silver division. And basically those divisions will be decided through the five qualification races that begin on November 29th. Uh, the cup series or the elite series, we're going to try to avoid using the word cup again, just to be different. Um, the elite series will be starting uh, November 29th, the qualification races, it's five races and you get two drops uh, during those five. So basically it's your best three races. Um, we'll determine who goes into the gold division, who goes into the silver division. Um, and our truck series is December 2nd. Those qualifications begin and they are the same thing. One race a week uh, will determine the two divisions. Um, the, uh, well, sorry, the divisions, um, we do anticipate there, you know, in our gold division to be some pretty high profile drivers. We already have Matt Busa signed up, uh, Andrew Fayash, a couple peak, a couple peak guys, a couple former peak guys. Um, you know, so we encourage uh, drivers from all skill levels to come race with us because we do have the two divisions and who knows, maybe during the qualification races, you'll have a, you know, you'll have an opportunity to race with one of the guys, learn some things, pick up some speed. Um, I think that's the most valuable thing about league racing is running around the same guys each week. Sometimes you get, you, you know, you get into races with guys that are really good. You have a chance to follow them and learn a lot of things. And uh, so to sign up, you go over to podiumesports.com. And uh, you can click on the series that you're interested in and you can sign up that way. And we also do a referral program. Uh, you receive uh, bonus points for referring drivers. Uh, it's the bonus points for the qualification series. So if you have a team of drivers, we encourage uh, one person to sign up, you know, pay their entry fee and then refer the next person. And then you can, you guys can kind of daisy chain your, your signups, you get the bonus points. And then the, the best part of it is you get, you get $5 for every person you, you refer to. So just cash in your pocket, if anything else. Okay. Very nice. Looks like it's going to be on Thursday nights, uh, 7 40 PM Eastern. Yep. The, Elite Series is Thursday nights at 7:40 p.m. and the Cups or the Truck Series is Sunday nights at 7:40 p.m. and uh, yes, it will all be broadcast on the Podium Esports Network, which is on Twitch. All right, cool. Um, yeah, you know, it's a good time to step up and try to do something that's east, you know, along the esports realm. Uh, it seems like uh, iRacing is trying to struggle to get to that point. And, you know, NASCAR and iRacing are trying to do officially and official, uh, you know, stuff. We've seen the, the teen 
uh, and the kid challenge, uh, you know, that they did and, and, uh, and so forth. So it's, it's neat to see, you know, somebody trying it privately like you guys are with the league, uh, because, you know, they're not getting it done how it needs to be done. I hope you guys can figure it out. Yeah, they're, they're definitely trying and, you know, it's, it's great that they are. Um, I think that, you know, with NASCAR, there's a, you know, the fan base of NASCAR is very, uh, traditional. And I think that, you know, it'd be difficult for them to make headway there. And, and like you said, with a private company, I think we can tap into the, the, the video game market a little bit more, but, but bring them to sim racing and show them, you know, how, how realistic the sim racing is and, and how that gap can be bridged to the esports. And yeah, we look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah. So check that out. Website, podiumesports.com. All right, let's jump to the next questions. Uh, what uh, hardware do you run? Do, what wheels and pedals do you have? How many monitors? And what third-party software? Sure, we'll start with the monitors. I think I might be the only person in the world to go from VR back to triples. Uh, when I got on iRacing, I ran a single screen for about a, a week, and then I bought an Oculus uh, pretty much the week they came out and ran that for two years. And then I started having problems with it freezing. Uh, so I was like, you know what? Now, now's a better time than ever to try triples and lo and behold the the second i did i picked up about four or five tenths on all my lap time so i've been on triples now for about a, a month and uh i love it so yeah i have three triples um i run a uh i have like a what is it a play seat rig with a Thrustmaster t300 wheelbase i have like a, a custom momo uh, oval rim and uh, two button boxes from Apex Button Box that I that I run uh, by ignition and brake bias on, um, and then I run a uh, like a a tablet for my uh, sim racing dashboard because with the triples and my field of view I can't see my dashboard in the stock car, so I have an external dashboard and a uh, and sim racing apps for my pit pit countdown. All right, that's a nice setup. Now, you'll be pleasantly surprised. We have a story later in the podcast about another guy who went from VR back to triples. Uh, and uh, so stay tuned for that. Okay, final question. Uh, what's your most memorable iRacing moment so far? I'd say I've got two that are up there. Um, last year around this this time, well, in November, I won my league's uh, Xfinity Series Championship kind of out of nowhere uh there you know was one of the finals at homestead and and on a late race restart kind of squeezed by and got the win and then i think in, on the official side i'm not much of a road racer but i assembled a 24 hours of daytona team this year we lapped the field uh four times and won the overall standings and that was pretty cool to you know we each did about uh so there's four of us so we each did about six hours each uh straight we didn't break it up. We we tried to minimize the amount of times we had to stop, and uh, it paid off. We ended up, like I said, lapping the field four times and won the overall. I think that was pretty cool. That's a huge advantage, actually, to not do driver changes because that's like 15 seconds or more. And yeah, it's it actually, adds up. yeah, it's actually like a minute and a half it takes to do a driver change. So it's it's about, about three-quarters of a lap. So we only did – uh, three driver changes the whole race and, and it really it really did it put us I mean that alone got us about a lap on the field when it was all said and done 
um and then uh you know and then we just we just wheeled that thing all night so it was fun it was cool like i don't do a whole lot of road racing but my road racing success is actually is is pretty high which is just kind of strange yeah i need to rethink our strategy i think now on those long races because we've been swapping out every one or two uh you know fuel stints well thanks for coming gary uh sexton and uh talk to us about podium esports uh let's jump into old bastard racing league as a uh, we sponsor their monday night arca series and a huge field of 32 at guess where south boston this monday the racecraft was horrible with only one driver david disjardins having zero incidents in the race and also winning the hard charger award from coming from the back of the field, gaining 30 spots and coming in third. Texas Joel Kilburn won the race with ARCA professional driver Kevin Pearson coming in second. Next week's race, Chicago land should be better. Joel Kilburn leads the points for the second week in a row. Tony Groves, you got 21st. Chris, 20th. No, actually, I finished... uh... 17th i started oh, okay. in uh, started 21st. 21st yeah um <laughs> well you know like, like they they touched upon racecraft was was horrible um it was uh that that was a lot of cars for that tiny track i bet you half that track was filled up with cars um you know just just pacing around um but uh <laughs> it, it, it was fun. It it really was. And, you know, I kind of chuckle when I say that um, just there, there was a lot of cautions, but, uh, you know, there was still a lot of a lot of time there for some good, you know, side by side racing. And uh, um, it was kind of unfortunate, but uh, I think we had eight cars on track by the by the end of that race. Um, now, that 17 place that I got, that was I was about 30 think 31 or 32 laps down because uh um i had to come in and get about 10 or 12 minutes worth of damage fixed up now had i been able to complete one more lap i would have been inside the the top 10 wow yeah yeah i was watching tony there at the end because i was disqualified off his bumper i got caught up in one of the other early wrecks well, a few of them actually and then got a 4X right on the back of Tony's back bumper. But he was able to finish the race, even with the four that I gave him. Uh, yeah, there's only a, I don't know if we mentioned, but there's only a nine incident limit for those races. Now, we talk about this group every week for a long time. And, it, and it's always about how good the driving is and everyone respect and there's no cautions and all this. And then you guys go to South Boston and it's a shit show and... Um, so what's the difference? I think it's just the track. I mean, every time I've been at South Boston, it's just a shit show no matter who's on the track. Yeah, this is, it's a lot of cars on a tiny track. And yeah, it was, it was rough. There was a lot of caution. The cool thing is with the league is there's four guys on our replay committee. And I wish I could, I can remember two of their names now and I can't remember all four. But I actually have to write it down so I can um, give them a shout out because they watch every race. And hand out penalties for anybody that you know, was too aggressive in causing any of that junk. So for our race next week, there'll be guys getting in the lines and you can actually go on the website and see you know, cause what. <laughs> so you, you, you'll answer for your sins. If Wall you were, of shame, huh? Yeah, yep, I've been there. If you cause <laughs> one of those cautions, you're going to be on that wall of shame. 
But I think, you know, Mike, you, you hit it on right on right on the head. Um, it's just a, you know, it's such a tiny track. Um, but I don't know. I guess if, if you don't have these type of races, uh, maybe you can't appreciate, you know, the, the good ones. Um, kind of gives you something to compare to because, yeah, I mean, up, up until this week, the it, it's just been solid, right? Um, really, really good racing and uh, generally really clean. So, um, yeah, we just pick up the socks and move on to the next race, and I'm sure it'll be much better. Okay, OBRL, check it out. All right, let's jump into topics. Uh, Brent McCoy, you're first. So iRacing um, just went and released their top 10 video for October, and the production and design that goes into this video is outstanding. I don't know if everyone else feels the same way. Um, between the different camera angles and everything that's involved, it looks great. There's some um, side-by-side road course racing out here, which is wonderful. There's a, if you're into the oval side of things, there is a beautiful five-wide pass. I think that comes out. I'm not going to ruin it, uh, spoil it for you for where it ranks in the top 10. Go check it out over at the uh, iRacing.com YouTube page, but it looks fabulous. Yeah, this is hot off the presses like 30 minutes ago, and you know, I was telling everybody, it just gets me pumped up every time I watch one of these because we're all involved in iRacing and we go in and we race our own race and we're looking out our windshield. And sometimes we see good racing because we're involved in it. But if we're not involved in it, you don't necessarily see it or recognize what's going on around you. And to, and then to sit back as a community and look at this video and see, wow, man, there's some amazing moments happening and you don't even realize it, you know? And so it's a good way to remember why are we doing this, man? There's so many cool things that can happen in iRacing. Yeah, I think it's a valid point, Mike. It, something you really don't think about, uh, like like you had just said, and I was kind of browsing the forums uh, a couple of weeks ago because I had submitted something back in September. And uh, they, were, they were saying they get so much... Uh, content for this that they, they're thinking about doing you know uh, overall top tens and they're thinking about doing oval top tens and dirt top tens is because there's so much awesome stuff going on, on on the service yeah and like brent said the the quality of the production makes it very watchable it's got good music it, it's got lively uh announcing sometimes and and, and amazing angles and stuff that you would expect from a professional real life uh, motorsports broadcasting service, you know? Yeah, it, it gets me pumped. I, I really love watching these things. So check it out. All right, Chris, you're up next. Uh, yeah, next we have uh, the auction that we just talked about last week. It actually ended about an hour ago. It was uh, the one put on by the NASCAR Foundation to, uh, for the D920 and the driving experience. And ended up going for 830 bucks, which is the deal, I think, because I think pedals and pedal and um, combo probably cost about half that. And so you're paying, you know, for charity, you're paying an extra 100 bucks for one-on-one time with Jim Byron. That's pretty cool. Wow, that is pretty cool. So it was eight hundred and thirty bucks was the winning bid on eBay.com for that. Yeah, hundred percent of that goes to the uh, foundation, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, 
It was pretty awesome to have the seat time with William. I, I wonder if that's uh, in person or uh, a virtual. I think it's virtual, but still, uh, yeah, it's still pretty awesome. It's a lot of yeah. fun. It'd be cool to see more of the guys that are on Irene. Has money to spend, you get, get to race. Well, you race with them already, but having the one on one structure time meeting. Right. Well, pretty cool. Uh, all right, Tony Groves, you're up next. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a forum post that we can't quite get into, but uh, thanks to Mason there hooking us up, we got a little bit of write up about it. So it's, um, uh, Ray Alfala's hardware and rig setup. Um, so he's uh, he's rocking a Thrustmaster T300 wheel. Um, no, we're not sure about the pedals because can't see them. Um, but he's, he's actually also got sim pedals like I do. Okay, okay, and he's also got uh, triple monitor setup and uh, and a racing seat. Now, is that racing seat attached to any kind of rig? I don't um, think so. And and how about the monitors, Mike? Did you happen to have a peek and and see what size those uh, those bad boys are? Uh, I kind of recall twenty one or twenty seven inch somewhere in that range. Uh, now, what was neat about this post, Tony, was um, later on Ray commented on it um, and said, and it, and it was a discussion how he had left VR, and so he was on VR, and he went back to monitors here this year. And he did mention at one point, quote, I was a tenth or two off on the ovals. And he's referred to, he's referring to with VR when he was wearing his VR. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that has a lot to, from my experience in VR to, to go into monitors with the monitors. You don't have the depth and like the, the in the seat feel that VR has, but, but what you do get is it's just a smoother experience and, and, uh, and a lot, it's a lot clearer. I feel like you can really hit your marks a, a lot easier when it's smoother as opposed to having that depth. I know a lot of people, you know, preach that, that depth perception you get in VR and man, it's awesome. It's such a cool feeling to be in there, but there's just something about having a smooth you know, consistent experience above 90 frames a second. That just really helps a lot more. I feel like. I think people underestimate the value of peripheral vision. Yeah. The peripheral vision is, is great again in VR, but you're also, you have to turn your head to see, you know, kind of w w with three monitors, especially if they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're set up properly and they wrap around your entire peripheral vision. You can, you know, all you really have to do is just move your eyes and then you can see, but, but, but yes, in VR, you have to actually turn your whole head to, to see out the side of your car. And then you're taking, you know, you're taking eyes off the, the track in front of you. Yeah, someone was posting that in the forum post as well, that when you're on VR, you're rubbernecking. You're turning your head to look around you to see what's going on. And when you're on triples, you're not doing that. You can still see what's going on around you, but your eyes are still at the apex. It's still looking ahead. And so, anyway, it was very interesting that, you know, our new peak champion, Ray Alfala, has left VR and went to monitors. I thought that was kind of an interesting moment. Okay, well, let's keep moving. Uh, Tony Rochette, big story of the week. Oh, boy. Um, 
Yeah, uh, they were supposed to have outages yesterday for uh, the new um, um, data center, but that got postponed to today. Um, It's happening now as we speak, actually. Yep, it started just a little after 5 o'clock. You and I got our uh, NIS in. I barely got it in just before 5 o'clock, and I just checked it, and it's still down. Yeah, we were both on a server right at the stroke of the uh, hour there, and it, we didn't get disconnected or anything. Uh, you were able to finish your race at, right at the top of the hour. Uh, we were on another minute or two after that, and we weren't booted or anything. But uh, So they pulled the plug shortly after that, I'm sure. But what's going on is they're changing data centers, guys. They're moving to Boston. And they, uh, that's where the new data center is going to be. So wherever the computers are now, they're abandoning those. And all the software and data are migrating to new hardware in a different data center. That seems like a job I would not want. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. That's a huge, huge, huge project, guys. I used to be in software back in the day where we had data centers in multiple places and to move an instance of software from one to the other is no small undertaking. Yeah, and the fact that they're going to do that in uh, over like two, six hour periods, is that because it was down the other day for about six hours, it's going to be down for six hours. Is this going to be down again at all? Well, see, it was supposed to be yesterday. It didn't happen. So it's now right going on right now. And they predict, I think, another time later, like a week or so later, there might be another one. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty incredible. And so they're expecting, I think, five hours, I think it was, Tony, uh, that they're down today is what they expect. Yeah, it said uh, about up to six hours. Right. So that's roughly about 11 p.m. Eastern. Um, and so Boston is where it's going to be. Um, now, this has affected the Australia servers. Uh, they have some kind of connection with the U.S. servers. Um, initially, it wasn't. Th- I think they said it, it wasn't going to affect them, but it did. And so now those servers are down, too. And I understand that Tony Gardner had said they're going to work on those, but first they got to get the Boston one up first. Um, another note that, uh, thanks to Mason here, uh it's only going to be capable with ipv4 initially and they'll be adding ipv6 later um and so if you're currently connecting to to, with iRacing with ipv6 it's not going to work anymore and you're going to have to go to your account settings on the uh, iRacing page and switch that back to ipv4 Probably just better off leaving it on four for now anyway until six gets straightened out because it seems like they're always having something, some kind of glitch that causes IPv6 to screw up. There's so many people that don't have it yet. And so, yeah, it is kind of a, I, I don't know if you'd call it beta, but, it, you know, it certainly is. And when something like this happens, like a big data center move, it's it's definitely an afterthought, you know, to have to support IP, IPv6. And so they're just concerned about 
you know, everybody else, you know, the majority of us who use IPv4. So that's what they're doing. Uh, it's basically due to human resources as far as how many people they have working on this. That's the reason they're initially only going to support the IPv4 from the Boston data center. Let's just all pray that it goes as planned. <laughs> Say a little prayer tonight for iRacing. Well, and let's talk about NIS. You know, I was a little dismayed that to see this kind of come up out of the blue, I mean, we I don't know if we knew about it for very long, but it's right during NIS. And the, initially it was during yesterday's NIS races that would have affected both of them. But it ended up affecting tonight's fixed race, uh, the open race, like Tony said, we were able to do that right before they cut, pulled the plug. Uh, the old bastards, they actually rescheduled their truck race. They were supposed to have their truck race on um, Wednesday nights, and they rescheduled it to... Tuesday. Tuesday because of the outage, yeah. And then, yeah, and then sure they enough, moved they the outage it. to Thursday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure there are a lot of you know teams and leagues had similar experiences. I just hope, yeah, like I said, I just hope it's right the first time. They don't have to shut it down too many more times. Yeah, it's better to get it done now than, I guess, to wait, you know. Get it done, get everything smoothed out, and then if you got trouble over the offseason, you can work on it then. Yeah, week 13 would have been a good time, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more people to schedule with than just them, so they don't care when week 13 is. There was some explanation from staff a little bit about the timing, and it was their take on it was there's third parties involved here that only work during normal business hours. Otherwise, they would be doing it overnight and that kind of thing. Um, that's the impression I got after reading some of those posts. Yeah, they know most of this race at night, and they're not gonna they're not gonna run want to do this at night unless they absolutely have to. So I just hope it goes goes as planned, and we don't have a whole bunch more of these because I can't do too many nights without racing. It sucks. Yeah, and uh, so let's talk about what can you do then. You can go to the test drive. What's the actual link? Do you does anybody remember testdrive.iracing.com? I think that's it. I was actually just on there. An hour ago. Yeah, testdrive.iracing.com. And so basically you can try any car, but you can't try any track. You have to own the track. So check that out. Uh, good thing to try tonight. I recommend everyone try the Lotus 49. Uh, it's a fun, fun car. I don't own it. All right, Brent, you're up next. All right, some esports news. Um, Marcus Jensen punched his ticket to the McLaren Shadow Project Finals, which is going to happen this coming January by winning the combined qualifying series on iRacing.com and the world's leading esports motorsports simulator. Jensen had to prove his racing ability in both the McLaren MP430 Grand Prix car and the MP412C GT3 car as he competed against some of the best sim racers in the world. Uh, this was a five-week Grand Prix series with Tony Gardner um, commented in saying, we could not be more excited to send Marcus to the McLaren Shadow Project Finals. He will represent iRacing well, and I know all iRacers will be pulling for him. The second year in a row that iRacing has partnered with McLaren with their eSports initiative. Um, this is good for eSports and iRacing, specifically iRacing, to be able to punch in that ticket what do you guys think yeah it, it's certainly along you know what gary is we talking about with esports 
this is another way to tie it together. And, 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 and how do you define, you know, esports? I think one way, as some people are defining it in this situation, is partnering or getting involved or having a real team involved. So this has McLaren all over it. You just read a quote from the McLaren.com website. It's all, you know, who's driving it? McLaren is an actual Formula One team. Uh, a Formula One manufacturer, they're the ones that drive, is driving this particular esports competition. And so um, what do you think about that, Gary? I mean, do you need a, an actual real tie-in to a real motorsports team or entity? I think that, I think that it helps. I think that there's a, there's a, there's a difference, you know, there's esports for racing which is going on you know with like the mclaren things like that and then there's you know the, there's like the the tournament esports the the computer gaming side of esports that you know i think they're they're really two different markets in my opinion um you know like i was saying earlier racing is very uh it's a very traditional sport like the, the fan bases for uh, specific types of racing are very adamant about the sport not changing and things staying the way it is and we like it this way and i think that this is you know when, when things like mclaren are are promoting esports you know they're promoting the fact that there's an alternative to uh racing in real life that that's going on that's very similar to racing in real life but i think on the other side of that there's there's you know the, the video game esports the more fast-paced like tournament style things that are set up you know with these like call of duty tournaments and you know there's a way that that you know sim racing can fall kind of into both of those categories and and i think they're both great for for sim racing in general because i think that you know you can have tournaments and things going on uh more video game like but then you can also you know you have sim racing as a tool for actual you know drivers to take those skills onto the track to, to me it's it, it's two different things yeah Yep. Uh, and, it, you know, just last week we were talking about the Ferrari boss of Formula One, you know, decrying esports, saying, you know, it's in direct competition with our real Formula One. And then you have a team like McLaren, you know, promoting esports. And so, yeah, it's interesting how it, it's, you know, eat or be eaten kind of thing. All right, let's keep moving. I got the next one. Uh, the 2019 Season 1 Schedule. In all season one series that are a 12-week series, the iRacing staff is looking for feedback on the schedule. And so if you race in any of the 12-week series uh, coming up for 2019 season one, you can give feedback on the schedule by participating in the forum threads. Now, uh, iRacing staff members Alex and Tyler have created posts in every single forum for each series that there is asking for this feedback and so we need to work as a community in that particular forum post to come up with a consensus for the schedule and they will do what the the, the community picks uh, we've seen it they literally will and so um so get in there get involved guys you cannot complain about the schedule if you don't get involved And there's not a lot of people that get involved in the schedule uh, recommendations to staff. So we really need people to get involved in that. So 
I don't know, you know, I always race NIS and that's kind of exempt from that process because that schedule's determined by NASCAR actually and NASCAR's schedule. So there's really not, not a lot to, you know, put feedback on as that as far as that goes. But um anyway, if you race any of the other twelve week seasons, uh you definitely need to get involved in this stuff. Yeah, I think that's awesome that they're they're opening that up, you know, to the public to really, you know, ask for their input and you know, you re- really eliminates a reason to complain about what goes on to the schedule for, for a lot of these series. That's really cool. Yep. All right, Chris, you're next Homestead. Uh, yep. Next is, um, another YouTube video on iRacing's YouTube page. And this one's a highlight video of the Homestead race last week where, um, Alfalo won and took the peak championship. It's another really well done video. I, I think their their choice in music is questionable, but the the commentating in the peak races is is awesome, and they they kept that in there. So um, it's definitely if you can't watch the peak races, their highlight videos are definitely worth um, watching just to keep up with it. And uh, Alfala does a pretty decent burnout there at the end. Yeah, it's a good highlight video. It's a three minutes long, and it tells you what happened during the race. You know, in in a brief three minutes, basically. But again, just like the other video, the the quality of the the shots and the the music and everything, the presentation is amazing. I'm going to point out to you guys a, a shot at a minute 44 seconds. Look at 44 seconds. Hit play. They got a shot of the cars, and then he fades in onto the guy's dash to see the RPM. You know, and he does this the swooping camera shot. That goes from looking at all the cars right down to the numbers of the 9300 RPM. And just, you know, shots like that, that just last for a moment. You don't even realize it, but can you imagine how hard it is to capture that particular shot? I don't know how to even do it. <laughs> right. I can tell you from experience, it's 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 quite difficult to get the iRacing cameras to cooperate when you're doing real cinematic stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely has has been a an up in their production value in the videos they put out and and like like you said earlier it gets you really hyped up it's awesome well the use of slow motion there's even a moment where he goes black it just cuts to black and then he goes back into it you know uh in between beats of the music so to speak and yeah i'm just blown away by the production they got they it's just silly Okay, who's next? Tony Gross. Yeah, we got a, a Twitter post up um, <clears throat> from iRacing. Uh, kind of showing uh, the the eNASCAR Ignite Series uh, winner, Zach Novak, uh, at Martinsville, being recognized for his championship title. They got a, you know, a few pictures up here. He's uh, got one with Parker Kligerman. And uh, another one uh, standing beside the the grandfather clock. Um, nice shot with uh, him standing beside the car with looks like the pace car there. Yep, with uh, William Byron in the driver's seat. And uh, the 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 final picture there is um, him with a whole stack of people that I don't know who they looks are. Looks like the drivers meeting. Anyway, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and he and the one big thing, Tony, is look around his neck. He's got a hot pass. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He does. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that that's a great way to spend a weekend for sure. Yeah. Congratulations to Zach Novak. It's cool to see the result of him uh, winning that series. Uh, pretty cool. Now he'll also be at Homestead, will he not? No, I think that's for Ray Alfala. And so with this guy, they brought him to Martinsville instead. I'm not sure. Maybe it does include Homestead, but I think it was my understanding is they recognized him at Martinsville. So, Okay. Well, hey, still, that, that's that's cool. Uh, hot pass for friggin' Martinsville. And, and 10K and uh, what else? Lifetime iRacing and what else? Equipment. There was equipment too. Yeah, yeah, right. I forgot all about that stuff there. I get all excited about, you know, they hang out at a track for a weekend and <laughs> 10 grand. Well, that, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tony Rochette, you're next. Uh, Tifosi Racing League. Yeah, Mason Stiver won uh, the race at Martinsville uh, Tuesday night uh, with David Hall second and Greg uh, Hectus third. Um, it was a really good battle towards the end there. Um, Tifosi Racing League is still recruiting some drivers. Um, I know next week we're running uh, Road America in the uh, A car, so that's really unique and different. And we're still looking for a lot more people, so come on and join. Absolutely. Uh, now, who all here ran that? John, you ran, didn't you? Yeah, he was there. He must have had to step away for a second. But yeah, I ran. Yeah, I, I was there ish. <laughs> yeah, when he for as long as he could be anyway. But it was fun. There was just uh, we just need to get some more of us in there. Um. Yeah, the, the small group that we've got starting so far is it's a, it's a really good place to start, but we just need some more people to come out and race with us. Um, so it's Tuesday nights, what time? Uh, 8.30 Eastern. And, um, man, Mason has just been whooping our ass, so we need somebody to come out and, and give him a run for his money. Yeah, he's won two weeks in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, in pretty dominating fashion. It was closer this week. That first one, man, he just it was a whooping. All right, I've, and then... Shout out to Mike Morley for uh, getting everything going, and he's doing a great job organizing uh, th this this racing. It's kind of like herding cats, trying to get a lead together and getting people to show up. And so, uh, keep at it, Mike. Yeah, I think um, we're gonna run a, a Road America practice slash recruiting race either Saturday or Sunday night. Uh, just stay tuned to the Tafosi uh, Facebook page. Yeah, we'll announce everything there. That's, I mean, go to Tafosi Racing on Facebook, like it, uh, and then you can follow, you know, whenever those races go up. And uh, they'll be in hosted. We're trying to get people involved. And uh, like you said, it's a good group to get involved with. And we're trying to get this thing off the ground, guys. So help us out. All right, Brent, you're up next. Big news being released, huh? Just recently from uh, iRacing, about Early this afternoon, they're releasing a new track. They um they said on Twitter. Any um any get anybody want to take guesses that don't already know what it's going to be first before I tell you? Well, I already saw it when I first saw, it, saw it. I, it? I okay. was thinking, well, it kind of looks like a Laguna Seca, but 
Yeah, it looks, say, um, it looks kind of similar. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say it's um, Sonoma and Watkins Glen had a baby. <laughs> right, right. So the, the new track is going to be, and pardon me if I butcher this, which I probably will, is Sakuba Circuit. Did I say that right? I think so, yep. yeah. It's a silent oh, good enough. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's what I was assuming. So <laughs> um, this is over in Japan. It's a road course, which I think is good. I think we, but we need some new road courses. And this, not going to lie, this road course looks pretty entertaining. There's a, uh, a lot of long straightaways, or there's a couple long straightaways with some high-speed corners, throwing a couple S's in there. And I think it looks pretty well. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That last corner, corner 12, is a is a long right corner sweeper real fast, it looks like, before the front stretch. Uh, boy, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it almost looks like a double apex for that, that corner. And I out of all of them, that's probably the one that's going to get me the most. Looking forward to it. Now, um, if you're, you're on the Twitter and you actually click on the picture, you'll notice that this is actually a retweet from back in April of 2012. Oh wow! I didn't even realize that. So it looks yeah. like they, you know, they they've had this one on the back burner for quite some time. But um, the retweet, they, you know, they put a message up there soon. So um, looks like they so some fires have have been lit under some butts. Jokes on I them, hate, I guess. I hated that track on PlayStation Gran Turismo. <laughs> oh, you've run it? I don't. I don't oh, think I've God. ever even heard of it. Yeah, it's on, it was on Gran Turismo, all of them, in PlayStation. Yeah, I actually remember that now that you mentioned it. Yeah, it's rough. That last corner sucks. That is pretty funny. So they retweet a, a tweet from six years ago that says that we're, this track is uh, coming, so to speak, and then they put soon with the trademark you know, symbol. Soon. Yeah, if you look at the tweet above it that was uh, posted an hour after that one, uh, Virtual Turtles for uh, the Roval. Yeah, they were, uh, because if you read the thread of that post, some of the replies, uh, the first ones were a lot of people were guessing Mario Kart was the uh, track, because it looks like the Mario Kart track. And so then it the thread kind of turned into a discussion of memes about, you know, you know, Super Mario Kart. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, the overhead satellite view of this track right now, and it looks like, I'm, I'd be curious to know the detail that iRacing is going to go into, but it looks like there's a paved oval track. In the middle, just, yeah. Yeah, in the middle right there. So I'm curious if that detail is going to be in there and maybe something in the future. Grant, I don't know if it's an actual oval racing oval track for for stock cars, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what the future holds with that. It almost looks like it's got banking to it, if you look closely. Yeah. Yep. Wow. New oval track, so, maybe. Speed, it's best, uh, the lap times average looking just from results, uh, about 55 seconds to a minute, generally, depending on the car. So. Okay. Who's next? I lost track. Uh, that'd be me. And I'll have to lean on you a little bit for this one, Mike, because uh, they're both forum posts, and I can't get to the forum since iRacing is down. But I don't like the sounds of this first one. Um, day, night to transition, probably not in December build without further testing. 
Yes, I can't read the post. That doesn't sound good. Okay, so I remember the now we're doing this by memory, guys, because the forums are down. But uh, what I remember is Tony Gardner did post up that they were hoping to get day to night transitions in the December build, and I think that's the first time I've ever seen that in writing. <clears throat> Later in the post, um, it says possibly not in December the build without further testing, and so. They kind of set an expectation, and then he kind of backed down from it. Uh, there was a post from Mitchell DeJong who said uh, he'd rather us wait for March, and be he'd be okay if it misses the December build, um, if it's, you know, ready. You know, if they're going to rush it out before proper testing, you know, why not wait? But anyway, maybe we have a little bit of a time frame, you know, maybe December, probably by March. Yeah, I also saw in there yesterday, I was just looking at that, or actually this morning I was looking at that post, he did mention too that they would be willing to release this uh, between builds as well if they could possibly get it out maybe before the 24 hours of Daytona. I, I do remember uh, yes, I remember that him too. saying that. Yeah, you were reading in between the lines that he was saying like if it missed the December build, we could still maybe get it out before the Daytona 24. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Okay. Yeah, and that's all we can. I mean, we can, we don't want it out before it's ready. We don't want to deal with a bunch of bugs, so we'll wait till it's done. Just I guess maybe same thing with the tire bottle, but maybe they should just refrain from saying anything at all because that way they don't get jumped all over when they when they miss it. Well, here, okay, we're in November now, and remember the tire model back in uh, the spring they we had the founder of iRacing said, mentioned the word June for a release while well, we're way beyond June now. So yeah, yeah, they just, they should never put a time on anything, never anywhere. <laughs> Did that need June? To, they need to start throwing the hashtag out there soon. The they soon. invented it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did that June have a, uh, a year attached to it? <laughs> See? Uh, uh, yeah, technicalities. Yes. Yep, right. Next June. <laughs> Well, what's cool is Tony Gardner realizes we don't really need it for the December build. We need it before Daytona 24, and he he understands that, so that's cool. Because we really don't need it before then. I mean, okay, I got the next one. Uh, Pro roster has been announced for the NASCAR Pro Series. Runs for eight weeks starting November 6th, which is this coming week. Uh runs through January 29th. There's 40 people now that have been announced uh, on the roster, and they uh, got their pro licenses earlier today, I understand. Um, a list, I was going to read the list of names on air, but obviously we can't open the forum post. Uh, a lot of the names on that list I've raced with, and I know who they are. And so I, I found it very interesting to read through the list and just see who made it. So when the forums are up, you might go look for that and see who's on it. But uh, you're going to see a lot of people with pro licenses that you haven't seen before. Now, I understand that the series they're running is a closed series just to those 40. Um, and at the end of it, uh, whoever is at the top, or so to speak, I don't remember how many, I think maybe the top 20, move on to the peak series. I wonder, it seems like that series fell off a fair amount throughout the year. I wonder if they're going to do it the same way next year. I, I like think, it. I don't think they're going to do it the same way. Yeah. I, I kind of, I liked it. I like the idea of it, but I'm also one of the guys that fell off. So I don't know. 
And it's it not was like really was... long. The road to yeah. pro at the truck was really long. It was once a week. Yeah, I think that was it was every two weeks too. Every two I think weeks, that, right? Yeah, that, I think that was part of it. You never really got used to doing it when it was every two weeks. But you know, and I was had no chance of going pro, but it was still a lot of fun um, running those longer truck races. But a lot of people treated it like you know just fun too, and so they were pretty much just like running a C fix. They were pretty reckless. And so they're running the B car, and they're by themselves. It's a closed-off series. From what I understand, it's not going to be broadcasted either. So uh, good luck to those guys. Uh, I don't think that NASCAR and iRacing are doing this right. Uh, to have this series going through the off-season without any visibility to it is a ridiculous. Um, they should open it up and have splits where other peop regular people like us can race in the series. Kind of like they did last year. Sure, and maybe um, maybe if you win one of those other divisions or at the top of that, you could be a filler driver if Wild somebody card. falls out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a ways to dress this up, you know. And uh, we know when they first announced the Road to Pro at the truck that went through the entire year, and now this series, which is the B car that goes through the off season, that is going to be the feeder for the peak. When they first announced it, they said, okay, NASCAR is driving these decisions. This is NASCAR's idea. This is the way they want it. They want the truck, the B, and then the A car. You know, and a lot of people, including me, didn't really think that was a great idea. But, you know, here it is. Here's the outcome of it. We have the 40 pros that have been announced. Uh, congratulations to them. I mean, they did a great job sticking it out through that road to pro. Because, uh, like you said, it was long. It was every two weeks. You, you had to be there and execute. Yeah, I'm one of the ones that thought it sounded like a good idea, sounded fun, but I think I'm with you. Just Well, look at how they're doing all the other championship series. Remember, we talked about that last week. They're just doing the official 12-week series as the feeder to it. Yeah, and that seems a, and that's going to drive participation, too, in a shorter series. So it's just, that just seems like it's probably the way to go. Just you know, say, okay, season one, 12-week season, Whoever wins the top 20 in points, they're the ones. Boom. Yeah, it's almost it's, – it's weird because the seat time, you know, it's not like real life where, you know, the cost of a car comes into, you know, comes into play where you don't want just some guy going into a cup car. But, you know, on the sim, you can hop into a cup car and get this all the seat time you need, which, you know – is what they run in peak. And if, you know, the end goal is to get the guys that are best for running those type of cars, it makes more sense to me to just keep it all in the cup car. Yep. Well, and when I first joined iRacing, I was really into the, um, those. Lost you. Yeah. Your mic has uh, been a little funny, Chris. All right. Uh, yeah, there you went. I can hear you again. Oh yeah, um, I was just gonna say that uh, kind of I was really into those twelve week series when I first joined iRacing, and just kind of fell off over time because there was you know what's the point? I mean, this this just didn't seem like there's much of a point to it like there is in IS. So I agree. I think you know that's how these uh, these things should be run. Just do them off of the twelve week series, It'd drive participation there, and give you something to race for. All right, let's keep moving. Tony Groves, you're next. Uh, Logan. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, we got a winner for the the Mazda Hot Lap Challenge, and that would be Logan Clampett. He uh, 
he took the win. That would have been on Tuesday is when they had it. Um, looked like it was a pretty tight, pretty tight race. Uh, I mean, he only won by nine one hundredths of a second. Um, and they got a nice little still up here on, uh, on the Twitter, um, of how close it was. And it's, it's, you know, just, just, just a nose is, is all he won by. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want to see a still of that, look at the, uh, Mazda Motorsports Twitter. Um, they got a nice little, they've got a few pictures and a nice little f- follow through of the whole, the whole thing. Logan Clampett, man, he's a, he's really good. I mean, he, he finished third in the peak, and now here he is winning this thing. Uh, yeah, he's everywhere. Good job, Logan. All right, I'm going to keep moving. Uh, don't forget about KMA Racing. Uh, founder Scott Kulovac is still recovering from heart, open-heart surgery, has started GoFundMe to help with his living expenses, and he's in serious need. Uh, you can uh, go to KMA Racing on Facebook and get more information, but they're having a uh, race to promote the GoFundMe on December 1st. Uh, you can put in a $10 entry fee uh, and and potentially earn a cash prize of up to $60 in that race. And so go help out Scott. He's an old friend of mine, and I hope uh, everyone can help him uh, get through this. Yeah, if I could add to that... Uh... Just, sorry, I, I yeah. raced with these guys a bunch before. Good. They're they're a really really good group of guys, and Scott's a really good person. So definitely want to help him out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are a community, and uh, let's get it done, guys. Let's get over there and give them a few bucks. And everyone can you know pitch in five bucks or something. Pitch in ten, and you can race in this race with these guys. And I tell you what, it's going to be at Talladega, and the this league specializes in Talladega. So. Uh, you'll you'll have the, some of the best tally whackers in the world in there uh, race to race against, and uh, it won't be easy. I'll tell you that. I don't know. I've never heard of uh, tally whackers before. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't heard that before? No, no, no. The, there's people in the hosted rooms that are tally whackers, and that, and what that means is all they run are the hosted rooms that are tally Talladega. So. I learned something new today. That's hilarious. Yeah, it. there's a whole. Uh, that's a whole uh, subculture. Serious. <laughs> that's I was very in true. It for a while. See the like underbelly. Kind of <laughs> Dark alleys of eye racing. All right, Tony Rochette, hardware software. All right, Samsung has released an updated version of the Odyssey headset. Um, expected to be available in the U.S. Uh, by the end of the year. Same price as the original. Same price as the original. That's a nice uh, touch. Yeah, I think I read right around $500. Now, what it says on the website, it says uh, the the headset has what Samsung calls an anti-SDE display. It says it's the same 1440 by 1600 per eye resolution as the original headset, but effectively delivers over twice the pixel count according to Samsung. And so I don't understand the technology or what they're describing, but they're basically saying it's going to look like twice as many pixels. Yeah, from what I've read, it's, what it does is this SDE, it diffuses the light coming from each pixel, and it replicates um, that picture to the areas around each pixel. So it's breaking up that light from what I 
understood and just in kind of um, hearing it again. I don't know. Maybe I'm butchering that. See, it looks like it re um, reduces the screen of door effect. Yeah. Science. So if you're going VR, is I mean, this you have to wait for this. I mean, is it? You wouldn't buy an old, uh, you know, Oculus, would you? Yeah, I don't think you would. I I think that if you're on the i the iRacing marketplace, uh, Jeff Scott, he's a pretty prominent member on there. I think he just got his hands on one. Um, I saw the other day he was posting on there. He was going to do a video, so I'd look look for that if you're uh, interested in seeing what it's all about through you know through a video but yeah i think you definitely got to grab one of these if you're going to go vr or not an older oculus or something like that what's the um anybody know what the normal refresh rate is frequency for the um prior vr headsets i believe uh, it's 60 hertz on the yeah oculus. probably at least 60. 60 okay yeah this one's saying that it's 60 hertz and 90 hertz i don't know where they get that 90 from Europe, but maybe Yeah, interesting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've we've talked to uh, to a lot of people. Uh, you know, we remember Will Gibson recently put down the VR and went back to a monitor, and we heard about Ray, and now Gary, you you've done that as well. And so there's been several people that have gone the other way. Yeah, I've heard, and I'm, I'm curious to know how it works out for those guys time wise. Like Gary said, he he picked up a lot of time, but I've also heard people say the same thing where they went from triples to um, VR and game, game time. So yeah, I've heard that both ways, and it seems like so I think I'm still lean, leaning towards VR, but um, I, I I don't know because it seems like a lot of people are having hardware issues with them. I mean, it's not even a, a preference thing; it's just they're just flat out not working right. Yeah, they, my Oculus single-handedly cost me my championship in my league this year because I wrecked out of five races in a row with a frozen screen it was, it, it, during the playoffs. It was, Time it was to terrible. Yeah, I hung it up and ordered the triples. See, I, I could be losing all those championships. All those championships I could be winning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's keep moving. We're running out of time. Uh, we're going to jump to results. Martinsville. We're going to start out with you, Brent, because guess what? You won P1, second yeah. win of the season. Tell us yeah, about it. P1 um, started in, uh, we were bottom split of that Friday open race. It was me, um, Tony, and Scales that were in it. Up front, pretty much most of the race. It was pretty uh, pretty clean race, I think is what I ended up with. But just the racing itself was good. Um yeah, just everything worked out towards the end. Was able to come away with that P1, made the correct adjustments. Got to give a shout out to Team Tifosi Racing for the setups that we've been doing lately. Um, they've been going pretty well so far, and we're pretty clicking on all cylinders. So looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, that if I remember that event, we had a bunch of people in, in that race. And uh, Joe Owen had a P4, Mike Morley uh, 13th, Greg Hectus 15th. And uh, it's cool to get all the teammates in a, into the same split, um, and that's kind of fun. And, you know, shout-out to Mike Morley on the set, too. I mean, really good job there. It has been spot on, uh, especially the last several weeks. I just heard you mention Joe Owen. Tell him I said hi. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Joe Owen's been running with us, and, uh, yeah, he had a, a good good run for him, P4. Um, newcomer Mason Stiver got P2 in that event. 
Uh, he got wrecked early, but uh, had a great recovery there. And the Tony, you had a Tony Rochette, you got P13 too. Yeah, during a caution, uh, I was letting cars by and I accidentally clipped the pin entrance cone and it put me down a few laps. And then I had my infamous uh, internet connection timeout. So, yeah, it was an okay day. All right. Uh, Saturday fixed. Uh, Brent, guess what? P1 again. Yeah, how about that, huh? Apparently, um, Martinsville is my, my track now. I remember it used to be my absolute worst track in here in iRacing, but something about it that over the past years um, came around for me. Pretty um, pretty eventful race. Uh, race favorite Cole Woody, who was leading up front, got wrecked out by a lap down car, probably about 100 and 180 laps in, and I took over the lead right there, leaving every lap to the end. Had a 20-lap green flag run at the end that I had to hold off. Um, P2 put on a heck of a block going down into one, I believe it was, and was able to hold on. So overall, I'd say it was a pretty good weekend for me here at Martinsville. Yeah, but you you know, don't discount the win. You were there. You were in position to win Oh yeah, when something went wrong, about. you know. so Yep, just got to be in position in these races at the end, and it was good to finally have everything come together. Okay. Uh, Sunday open. Chris, wrecked out. Oh, yeah, it was a nightmare of a race. Um, just seemed to get caught up in everything. And the, the first one, the, the one that uh, just, just started off the race the wrong way, I got spun by another guy that I, I was, when I was, I was actually faster than him, a little bit faster. But I've raced with him before. He's one of those that's super aggressive. You just don't want to be around him unless you want to get caught up in a wreck. And I actually even called out to um, Tony, both the Tonys, I think both of them were in that race, and said I was just going to let this guy go because, you know, his, his reputation, and he's he's under me. And, I'm you know, I'm racing him a little bit. I'm not letting up because I got guys behind me, but at the same time, he's got the low line, so if he's faster, he needs to go, you know, because he should have no problem catching past me on the bottom and otherwise just get behind me and let me go. But he slides up into me and takes me out and... The race, the rest of the race was just getting caught up in more stuff. And then I get next to this guy who wrecked me, and I, like an idiot, I let my car get up into his and almost wrecked myself. So it, it was just <laughs> it was bad news. All right. Uh, Tony Groves, you got P12 there. Not a bad run. You were near P- P6 near the end. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um I was kind of the the last car on on the breakaway pack there, um, and man, it was it was going really well, <laughs> and <laughs> I was so nervous going into that race because I I am not good at this track at all. I've I've got very limited uh, practice time here, and I was having a real hard time finding my braking points and my my brakes. Uh, I had to recalibrate them, and that actually helped out quite a bit. But uh, yep. I was doing great right near the end there, and I come out of the corner, just got on it a little too hard, spun myself, put it into the into the wall, give myself some damage. And I was like, okay, um, I think I can, you know, make it to the end and hopefully just hold on to my position. But uh, everything started overheating, so I'd come in, get some tape taken off, and by that point, I'd uh, I'd lost enough spots and. P12 is where I finished. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cry about it at all. I'll be, be happy with that. Um, 
but just you know kind of burns my ass a little bit because i could have got so much more if i wasn't being silly now you came a long ways in like five or six days tony you were really uh hesitant at the beginning of the week about even getting around this track and then you're able to get a good finish yeah yeah well as i was saying like you know i i jumped in like monday or tuesday to throw some practice laps in and i'm, just, I'm crashing into everything um i, I probably even hit the freaking pace car a few times it was just so i was like no nah, i forget it i ain't i ain't racing and then sunday morning i woke up i'm like ah, what the hell it's only ir um <laughs> but I was able to get on for about an hour, hour and a half before the race. And yeah, I found out the biggest problem was, is my brakes. They just weren't, for some reason, they lost their calibration. So the, the brakes were really, really touchy. Um, did that and um, I was able to, you know, keep control of the car. So. All right. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, Tony Rochette, you got a blown engine that race. Uh, Mason got a P13. He had a couple incidents. Uh Sunday fixed, I DQ'd out. I actually got a lot of different incidents that were none of my doing in that situation and DQ'd out before I was able to finish the race. Uh, let's move on to Texas. Uh, Wednesday fixed, uh, I got wrecked out with 10 to go. Uh, stayed out on old tires for a way by, but never caught a caution. I ended up having to pit, you know, under green. And um, it was a lot of green flag runs. There were a lot of wrecks, but wasn't bringing out the caution they'd always spin down low and no cautions would come out uh the fixed setup was tight 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 horribly tight uh wednesday open boy we had a lot of people uh, running that night um groves you've put candy coma yep yep well it was halloween last night and yeah the, the, the kids come home from trick-or-treating and well somebody's gotta somebody's gotta sort the candy yep and I, a tax. Uh, <laughs> I ran and I was embarrassed because I ran like crap. I was wrecking. I was loose. I was loose off the late exit of two really bad. And uh, I was trying to keep on throttle and it would just, I would just lose it. And uh, several times off four, I'd go into the grass and uh, I eventually wrecked myself out. It was all my doing. I, I can't blame anybody. I don't know what, what I was doing. Um, now I have a new computer and we'll talk about that in a minute and that might have something to do with it. Uh, Chris, you got P24, you wrecked out as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, I got a couple fender benders early in the race, but the car was in pretty good shape. I had hammer, um, crewing for me and the car was actually awesome. I was just about to tell them how good it felt. And then right in the middle of the front stretch, it just turned left on me. And, well, um, I, I want to think... ask John, what did he do to the car? Actually, I don't. I don't think it was a car at all. I actually, um, Morley had gotten me um, looking into my. Uh, he was actually talking about some graphic settings, and it reminded me that I had messed with um, some of my force feedback settings and never got them quite right. So I had played with those during the day, and I think there was just. Uh, I can't. I think it's called spring. It was way out of whack on my on my um, steering wheel. I think it just literally sprung too hard. When I turned right, it sprung back too far left. So, yeah, I think it was me um, playing with dials and buttons I shouldn't have been touching that afternoon. Okay. I thought maybe I'm gonna the crew give, chief. I'm going to give you a combination of that, and, and I keep the wind and everything up while I'm watching, and you were the only one that came out of turn four in that span, and there was a seven-mile-an-hour gust just as you transitioned down onto the flat. I watched the replay. 
Wow. So you can, so you think the wind really affects the car that much? The wind is a massive ordeal in iRacing. That's what the car is really, well, the car is really light on that part of the, um, the track. So if any kind of anything is going to be magnified. What I did to the car though, is he was dump trucking it into the corner. So I've handed out a simple crew chief sheet for people that are interested on the, in my, here's all of my stuff post in the NIS forum. There's a simple crew chief sheet. So for those playing along, I cranked down the cross weight by adjusting the offsets and you'll have to go watch to see how to do that. But I was at the nearly the max reduction in cross weight on the car, but I knew it was going to be kind of loose. So I went back I never make a single adjustment on the car. I usually do one thing to fix rotation and then I'll add like tire pressure or something to help with grip. So I cranked down all the cross weight for them. And then I added some tire pressure to the left rear and took some out of the left front. And it made a huge difference in lap times. He turned as fast as lap times. He was up six positions at the time, but I did what we were talking about briefly about what would happen with that change. And it just seemed like it was a combination of all kinds of things. Something with his wheel, because he it was weird. I've never seen him have that happen like that before. And the wind and probably the setup was really, really rotating, really, really good. <laughs> all right. Uh, also, last night, Mike Morley got a P13 finish, and he was actually top split, a P19 car. Uh, he had just made it into the top split. The rest, a bunch of us were in the second split together. And, uh, but Mike was by himself up there and he did pretty good. Uh, he was actually two daps, two down, excuse me, two laps down at one point. Uh, he got lucky with crashes in the end and ended up with a, a P13 finish for, uh, Mike Morley. Good job. Uh, Mason Stiver, P3. Uh, best results of the night, avoided wreck on the final restart to go from sixth to third. He struggled on the long run throughout the race. Thursday yeah, Open. He, yeah. Mike said that of the most recent weeks, that something felt off to him, I guess. Yeah. Well, remember, Mike was on a roll winning there over several weeks uh, recently. So. I just hope he hasn't found the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, go get it, Mike. Uh, Thursday, uh, earlier today, uh, I ran. I was in top split. There wasn't a lot of people that joined. There were, I think there were only two splits. And Tony Rochette, you were in the bottom split. I was top. I got a P6. Um, now, this is an amazing comeback story. I actually hit the wall several times. I went through the grass a few times. I was down two laps at one point. We had two green flag stops. Again, cautions rarely come out at Texas. Uh, somehow I ended up getting, I did a wave by, we caught a lucky caution. Then later I was the lucky dog and I got a wave around. I was lead lap for the final restart at the back, P14. There were enough wrecks uh, that I got up to sixth. And so I went from P14 to six on the, on the one restart in like two laps. And, uh, wow, just tells you stay in it no matter what and uh, get a good result. Bottom split was one of the best, most entertaining yet. It was hilarious. It was ridiculous. 
I had yeah. that going while I was crewing for Chris. <laughs> oh, that last night, yeah. If I wasn't racing, that's why I'd be watching. Those dudes are hilarious. Uh, Tony Rochette, you got P9. Nice top 10 there after being three laps down at one point. Yep, and uh, zero incidences. I think we only had like three or four cautions the whole race and green flag stops. And yeah, I was just slow. All right, so that's Texas. I don't really like this track. Next week, Phoenix. Uh, let's keep moving. Uh, let's jump to f uh, final thoughts, actually. So, Brent McCoy, you're up first. Um, yeah, it's been a pretty good week of racing for me, at least for Martinsville. I have not had a chance to get out for Texas. I was actually looking forward to doing it tonight, but then I realized that they have that um, update still going on. So hopefully this weekend, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, have some family business to take care of, but looking forward to a good weekend full of racing. All right, very good. Uh, Chris Scales, final thought. Um, well, I've been kind of dreading the end of NIS season, but um, we have our league now. Um, I believe we're going to be uh, starting a truck league on weekends through the off season, and then with the old Bastards League, I have enough to keep me busy and getting ready for Daytona. And I, I'm definitely dreading it a lot less, but yeah, still, still already looking forward to already looking forward to Daytona next year. Yes, yeah, that time of year you get that feeling in your stomach. Uh, if you're a race fan. You know it's coming to an end. Uh, I, I totally feel the same thing. All right, John Hammer, any final thought? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the end of the season. I build setups every week for not myself. I just build them for everybody else, and I'm kind of tired. <laughs> and we appreciate that, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. everybody does. Uh, thank you for doing that. There's a lot of people that probably download those from the forum that you don't even realize that are using it, and you don't even know it. And I'm sure they all appreciate it. So hang in there, John. You're almost done. Yeah, I without hope... you, we would be nothing. That's not true at all, but... <laughs> I don't really... know. You didn't hear the people of this one. I was in a practice a little while back, and the hammers dropped in there, and holy crap, man. You would have thought, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you thought somebody famous just dropped by. Yeah, the one person we cannot afford to lose. Ooh. Okay, well... Tony Groves, final thought. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of the opposite of uh, Brent this week. I got a bunch of family stuff happening over the weekend, so I'll be busy all weekend. But I will be racing tomorrow night, which will, well, that's going to be my my only start this week. Um, and then, yeah, with Chris here, kind of bummed out that, that our season's coming to an end, but I guess they, they always do. And, um, well, I'm going to be uh, hopefully not doing my best in impersonation over the the off season of a monkey screwing a football and trying to get my 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 road license up there so i can uh do some in, endurance racing in the new year go to fossey b team all right uh and you hope you're going to be racing tomorrow night i think you're a little optimistic uh, with the data center move to boston we'll see well they better have it ready otherwise I'll be kicking up a fuss, and, and my wife will be very unhappy because I'll just be complaining all weekend. All right, uh, Tony Rochette, final thought. Oh, well, let's see if we can get some more Texas in there. Um, hoping for Phoenix to be a good race, and I've never raced NIS at Miami, so that ought to be fun. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to Bobby Jonas. Um, he is making me a, a special paint scheme. Uh, it's like a Tony the Tiger paint scheme. Um, I do want to give him a shout out for that, and hopefully that will be soon seen on the track. 
All right, new paint. All right, and uh, special guest Gary Sexton, final thought. Yeah, I'd just like to thank you guys for having me on here and let me talk about Podium Esports. If you guys want to race with us, again, uh, signups are at podiumesports.com, and we get our qualification series started on November 29th, and uh, look forward to having everybody on there. You guys are welcome as, as well to come join and see what we're all about. And just a shout-out to my team, Cross Continent Racing, uh, Will Davis, Blake Griffith, Joe Johnson, uh, Ellery Queen, Ethan Moore, Ryan Hill, and Alan L. Wood. You guys are awesome. All right, cool. Thanks for coming, Gary. I hope the uh, new league goes well. Uh, check them out at PodiumEsports.com. My final thoughts, uh, wow, I have a new computer, and I've run it for the first time this week at Texas. And, wow, it is so different, guys. I cannot believe the graphically what I'm seeing. And I don't realize that over the last several years, I've been turning down graphic settings and iRacing down, down, down to keep my computer going. And I, I've missed out on all this stuff, particles and shadows and haze and smoke and all these different things and high resolution and detail and and stuff that I just forgot that we even had. And uh, it really honestly looks like a different sim. I can't tell you how much it looks differently. Um, it's just blown me away uh, how much better it looks. And there's been some growing pains. You know, the, the build went well. It didn't power up at first. I, I had some cables wrong. I've had some challenges with software. I get a little error message every time it boots. Uh, I'm working through it, you know, but overall the temps are okay on the new graphics card and the CPU and uh, the case looks awesome. The build looks awesome. Um, the FOV is a little different. I, I put in the exact same numbers, but I can see more of the dash than I could see before. So I know something's different. And what I think it was is I had super sampling turned on on my old computer, which increased the resolution. And I think that was messing me up either there or I messed up over here. And I haven't quite put my finger on it yet. And so uh, more to come. If you want to follow along on the details about the computer build, I am documenting it at Tifosi Racing Facebook page. And you can see pictures and all that. So check it out. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.